stories we tell ourselves can lead to hope or they can lead to despair. They can motivate us to grow and change or they can lead to a fixed mindset and a stagnated soul. Yes, there is power in the stories that shape our culture and outlook. And I do believe that the biblical story can move us in life-giving ways, which is why we are committing this program here to explore the story of our faith more widely by reading from parts of the Bible that we often overlook and many people just don't know anything about. <laughs> the story of Ruth, it is a perfect example. The eighth book in the Old Testament, relatively short, going un often going unnoticed, it is a biblical story that does not even mention God, at least directly as a character, and yet this story about two women on the margins has everything, and I mean everything to do with teaching us about God's dream for the world and what it means to belong. But before we go there, I want to set it up for you with a personal reflection of sorts. So I am in a role, I, I have a job where I am able to connect with people in a way that I would not otherwise be able to do. People's lives, wow, they're just fascinating. They really are. It, it doesn't matter who they are. I am captivated by people's stories. We are all unique and yet we share a common humanity, which means that while our stories are our own, life experiences that we have, well, they often overlap with, with other people's life experiences. I have learned so much, so much about life, about myself, and about what it means to be a human being from being a part of people's lives, taking in their stories and their experiences. After doing this for almost 16 years, there is one thing that I have witnessed over and over and over again. It's an observation that is by no means earth shattering, in fact, I think it's actually kind of obvious, but I think it's important to name. To be human means that you do not get to control the outcome of your life or the circumstances of your life. To be human is to experience great joy and great loss and every emotion in between. And rarely, I would say actually almost never, does life go the way that you plan or expect it to. <laughs> and that drives me crazy. I try really hard to convince myself that I have control, that I have control over my life, but that is simply an illusion I create that makes me feel better. It's not real. I wish life was like choose your own adventure books. I grew up reading those. Do you know what, I, what I'm talking about? Do you know what those are? <laughs> For those of you who don't, they are short stories written for kids where a few pages in, a question develops and you have to make a decision. So for example, you get to the end of the page and it says, do you go into the overgrown graveyard to investigate the sound you heard? If so, go to page 20 and continue reading. Or option B, do you ignore the sound, go home and play with your brother? If so, turn to page 37. 
And of course, you go and investigate the sound in the graveyard. I mean, who would do anything else? But then you do that and you die, <laughs> at least in the story. Yeah, in, in those books, you can make a decision, see how it plays out, and then if you don't like the outcome, or if you're just curious, you can go back and make another decision to see how things would turn out differently. Oh man, I wish life was like that, that it came with that level of control. But life is not like that. When we are surprised by the outcome of a decision or just a circumstance in life, we can't go back and redo it. There isn't another path we can jump on to avoid the one that we're on. We don't have any control over that. When life surprises us, we have to figure out how to deal with it. So let me give you a few examples. I tell all of Bethlehem's middle school confirmation students that when I was in eighth grade, I was not sitting in school just daydreaming about the day when I would be a pastor. <laughs> oh Lord, no, no, that was, that was not what I was expecting. I was not looking for that. And while there are many things I do enjoy about what I do, I was also not expecting that given where I'm at right now, that I would be painted with the same brush as other religious leaders who use their faith to justify violence or intolerance or use their power in ways that are abusive to others. I mean, that was an unpleasant surprise and it's one that I deal with quite frequently. Give you more examples. I, I am not aware of any couple looking to get married who are expecting to get divorced, who are expecting to get hurt, who are expecting that their relationship will not last. But, but it happens. I don't think any of us expected the fundamental changes that have occurred in our lives, routines, work, and schools as a result of COVID. <laughs> I think many new parents are caught off guard by how strong of feelings they have for their child, how good it can actually be, and at the same time, how hard it can be when you realize that you can't prevent your kids from getting hurt. No parent expects that their child will struggle from mental illness or disease or bullying, and no parent feels okay when they realize that they have done everything that they can do and what happens next is completely out of their control. Life, life is a combination of joy and loss and much of it you can't control. That's what I've learned from people as I've entered into their stories. That's what it means to be human. And it is what we have to wrestle with and make sense of. And the biblical writers, they know this. They know what it is to be human and they know our experiences. Our focus text today comes from the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you, to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do thus to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you." So a story is told about Naomi and Ruth, which eventually finds its way into the Bible. To quickly summarize, 
Here, here, here's the story in a nutshell. There is a famine in Judah, the southern part of Israel, where Naomi, her husband, and her two sons live. No one expected that to happen, but it did, and it's a life-threatening situation. So Naomi and her family are forced to relocate as refugees to the land of Moab, one of Israel's enemies. Again, no one expected that. It's not the place that you want to end up in. It is here, in this foreign place, that Naomi's husband dies, and her sons take Moabite wives. <laughs> For an Israelite woman, this is bad all the way around. I am sure she did not expect her life to go this way, but soon things get worse, as then both of her sons die. Now Naomi is left with her two foreign daughter-in-laws with no way to financially support themselves. Naomi decides to return home to Bethlehem and pleads with her daughters-in-law to take care of themselves and to return to their family homes where they might have a chance of marrying again and having a family. But Ruth refuses to leave Naomi whom she now considers to be her primary family member, despite their different countries of origins, and despite religious and differences, and despite the usual tension that existed between mothers and daughters-in-law. This is where our reading that we, our focus text comes in that we, that we read. Ruth promises to remain with Naomi. In making such a promise, Ruth defies all conventions and takes an enormous risk. She risks ridicule and rejection from her mother-in-law's people who all hate Moabites. She puts her future in the hands of the God of Israel, hoping that Israel's God will watch over her and show mercy. Ruth lacks any sort of future security. She does all of this, all of this, out of the love for and loyalty to the Israelite mother of her deceased husband. None of this was expected. And so, to all of you who are joining us today, to parents and students and families and, and whoever else is out there, you may not be able to predict the path your life takes. You may not be able to single-handedly steer the direction of our country to change weather patterns, to prevent droughts and crop failure. You can't make yourself not get cancer. You can't wish it away. You can't force your kids to think like you. You might get divorced. You might have five kids or find out that you can't have any. Your grandchild may excel at school or maybe drop out. Your spouse may get addicted to alcohol. Life is full of joy, and life is full of grief, and every emotion in between, and there is very little you can control. That is Naomi and Ruth's experience as well. So how does this story end? What, what happens to the foreign Moabite woman who goes with her mother-in-law back to the land of her enemy <laughs> without any kind of guarantee? Well. She becomes the great, great, great grandmother of King David and in the line of ancestors to which Jesus is born. She becomes part of God's story and serves as a reminder that whenever we are uncertain of where we are in life and feel like things are just out of control, 
we remember that God accompanies us on that journey and is present in our joy and grief and everywhere in between, that God removes boundaries and barriers so that even foreigners born to your enemy can become included in God's dream for the world. And if that can happen, then anything can happen. I mean, your life may not be a fairy tale. I don't want to say that everything ends well. Some people, it, it doesn't. I mean, life, it won't go the way that you think or want, but no matter where you end up, the God that Ruth places her hope in, this God moves and acts in surprising ways to bring life into the places where we least expect it. So while you will be surprised where your life will take you, know that you're not alone. Know that you do belong. Know that you are seen. And remember the story of Ruth, that in the unpredictable moments of life, God is most especially present. And this is the good news that we hear today because it is the news and the story that gives us hope. Amen. After hearing our focused reading and the reflection on that reading today, here are a couple of reflection questions that you can discuss with your family, that you can journal about, or just think about individually to help you take this story deeper into your own life. So question number one, what is the biggest surprise, whether good or bad, that you've experienced in your life so far? And question number two, how do you deal with the unpredictability of life? 